and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We did point out during these lessons that Adam and Eve made a choice because at that point in the nature of man, they had a free will to choose. And they did choose. And the choice they made was to go against what God had told them or to do what God told them not to do. And we also pointed out that this is where the will of a human being came into bondage. In other words, the free will that they had, that God gave them, they exercised in a negative way in obedience to God. In other words, they disobeyed Him. I just wanted to point that out so we kind of make a trail from where we were to where we're going today. All right. We saw that the tree of life was the place of connection and communion with God. We saw that a river went out, came into several heads, but this river watered these trees and this garden. Now today, I want us to look at this account. We won't call it a story because it really happened. And we'll see in verse 23, we're in Exodus chapter 15, 23, and we've read down from 11 to 23, and we see the uh, joyful hearts of God's people being expressed in song. They have been delivered. They have seen a miraculous deliverance through the sea, through the Red Sea. God departed. He parted the waters. And they went across on dry land. And I believe that word dry means dry. I believe there was dust under the wheels of those carts going through that. Because it was dry. God dried it up for them. They were trapped humanly speaking, and in their sight, and in the sight of those after them, the Egyptians. They were trapped. But God miraculously, through Moses, parted the water. And they crossed on dry land. They saw all that. And then, they were on the other side of the sea, And looking back, they saw their enemy approaching rapidly. And I'm sure that they feared. Because they too were crossing on dry land. But then the faithful God, who promised to deliver them, in their sight, in their presence, destroyed the enemy. The Bible tells us that the next day they saw them all over the bank, the dead bodies of their enemy. Not one was left. He destroyed them and the horses. Completely annihilating their enemy. God does and will do the same thing for us. He's annihilating our enemy. He's already defeated him. He's already defeated him. 
And when they came to Morah, verse 23, they could not drink of the waters of Morah, for they were bitter. I didn't read verse 22, but let's do. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, where they were singing praises to God because He had delivered them. They were so happy. Their hearts were full of joy because of what God had done for them. So Moses... So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea and they went out into the wilderness of Shur. This huge amount of people traveling through the wilderness. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. That's a terrible feeling, isn't it? Thirst. Thirst is a serious thing. But there was nothing to drink. When they came to Mara once again, they couldn't drink of those waters because they were bitter. That's why they named it Mara. It's bitter. And the people murmured against Moses. And when they murmured against Moses, they were murmuring against God, weren't they? And they said, What shall we drink? And he, Moses, cried unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree which when he had cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made for them a statute and an ordinance, and there he proved them. There are times when our hearts are full of joy to the Lord for what he's done for us, for what he does for us, for what he has promised to do for us. But then there are times in life where we feel thirsty, Brother Chuck mentioned uh, spiritual health. Well, sometimes we get thirsty, but we don't drink. Sometimes we desire to know more of God, more about God, and to feel closer to Him, but we don't approach Him. There are times in our lives when we're sick or we're hurt and, and we need healing. We need rest. Our lives keep us running, don't they? They keep us busy, don't they? And we're tired, aren't we? The Lord showed Moses a tree. And He told Moses what to do with the tree. Well, first of all, what are trees? They're created by God. They are living. No, they're not human. But they are living creatures. They provide for life. God showed him a specific tree that God grew, God developed. God had that tree in an exact, specific place. God designed that tree to sweeten the waters, the wells of Mara. There's... So much reference here in light of the tree that was used by God. Now we know that God also grew a tree that He allowed His only begotten Son to be crucified on. Our lives without Jesus Christ, bitter is a mild way to put the way they are. But our lives without Jesus are certainly bitter. 
the circumstances of our lives without Him to rely on, Him to seek, Him to heal us are bitter. But God designed a perfect salvation and He used a tree to hang, to allow His Son to be hung on this tree to pay the price for those that Moses said He had purchased. At this point in time, He has purchased His people. He has died on that tree that God grew and designated for Him to hang on. Why? Why did He have to hang on a tree? Because He had to take the curse that was upon us onto Himself. The Bible tells us clearly, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. Where was His position on the tree? Well, we're told that He was hung with His uh, arms outstretched like this. And then we're told, no, uh, in the tradition, they crossed their hands or they did this or they did that. Different positions. We don't know. To be exact. Traditionally, His arms were stretched out because they had nails through both wrists. That's what we've always thought and believed. But what matters is he was hung on a tree for you and he was suspended between earth and heaven. When you think about it, that's significant because he was our mediator. He went between what is earthly, us, and what is holy, that in heaven. He was a daysman. He stood between us and God and took our punishment on a tree. And by doing so, our lives have been made sweet, haven't they? Because we know Him and we know that He did this for us. He's a great Savior, isn't He? Moses cried unto the Lord, Lord, three days. These hundreds of thousands of people haven't had anything to drink. What are we going to do? And the Lord showed him a tree. And the Lord told him what to do with that tree. I think the tree was living. doesn't specifically say that, but that's what trees do. But he took the tree, if it was. He had to cut the tree down to throw it into the waters. The tree gave its life to make the water sweet. Don't you see Jesus Christ and the great salvation that God has wrought through Him all through the Scripture? It truly is everywhere. And He cried unto the Lord, verse 25, And the Lord showed him a tree which he had cast into the waters. The waters were made sweet. There He made for them a statute and an ordinance, and there He proved them. And again... I believe they sang again. I believe their hearts were full of joy again. They tasted the water. Some of them did. You can't drink that. It's bad. It's stagnant. It's it's bitter. But then God, through Moses, and the tree, the sacrificial tree, made the water sweet. 
delivered them again. And said, verse 26, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God. In other words, trust and obey me. If you will do that, and will do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians. We're going to see the Lord here as a great healer. I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians. The things that he just told them, if they would do, diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, will do that which is right in his sight, will give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes. That's a characteristic. Those are characteristics of a Christian. Those are characteristics of one who has had his heart changed and who loves the Lord. Then I will put none of these diseases upon thee which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. The Lord that healeth thee. There's healing in the atonement that Jesus Christ made for you. Yes, He hung on a tree. Let's look in Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 53. We love this chapter because it pictures our Savior. And it tells of things at that time in the future that all came to pass. Jesus fulfilled all the prophecies of Him. Isaiah 53 Verse 4 says, Surely He hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did at one time esteem Him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him, and with His stripes we are healed. Now look at Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8, we read in verse 16. When the evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying him himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. That he fulfilled all those prophecies that the prophets prophesied about him to come, that prophet who was to come. Okay. Back to Exodus 15:26. If you do these things, And again, these are characteristics of those who live for the Lord, those who love Him. I will put none of these diseases, these sicknesses, these ailments, these pains, these injuries upon thee which I have brought upon the Egyptians. For I am the Lord that healeth thee. That word, 
The Lord that healeth is Jehovah Rophi, R-O-P-H-E. It's used in the Old Testament around 60 times. And every time it means one of three things. It either means to restore, to heal, or to cure. Where do we go when we're hurt? Where do we go when we're sick? Who do we look to? Oh, if we're His, we look to Him, don't we? For He is the I Am, the Lord that healeth thee. He is the Jehovah Rophi. He is the Elohim, the mighty Creator. He is Jehovah. I am the self-existent one. He is Jehovah Adonai, the owner and master, the sovereign God over all of His creation. He is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who will provide. Oh, He is faithful, isn't He? And here He is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. It's not always God's will to heal us, is it? No. Remember over in Second Corinthians, Paul had an infirmity, a thorn in the flesh. And he said three times I've gone to the Lord and said, Lord, take this away. I'm sure he was thinking and saying, I could do a lot better job for you if I didn't have this pain in my side or whatever it was. What the Lord say? No. Basically, he said, no. My grace is sufficient for you. The physical condition of the Israelites in at this time, they had gone three days with nothing to drink. We see that their physical condition had an impact on their spiritual joy. Remember how happy they were? Sister Miriam and and all the other sisters were dancing and singing with joy, praising God, full of joy. But then they got thirsty. Happens to us. It does. We can easily allow our physical conditions to impact our spiritual joy. Oh, but God doesn't allow us to be sick or to be hurt or to be tempted without reason. It's true what it says in Romans 8. All things, even injury, even sickness, even pain, all things work together for your good. If you are Be called if you are one of God's children that love Him. It's true. Even our illnesses, even our sicknesses, we can praise God in them too. Because in our weakness, in dependence on Him, we're strong, aren't we? We're able to stand up strong for the truth even through our weaknesses, even through our sicknesses, even through our inabilities to express what we want to express. 
God sees us through all of it, doesn't he? He does. Oh, God turns the bitter circumstances of our life into sweet fellowship with Him. You see that this morning? The circumstances in our life, much of the time, are pretty bitter to us, aren't they? It may be the job that's working us to death. It may be the illness that won't go away. It may be the doubts and fear that continually pop up in our mind and pull us away from the joy that we have in Him. Oh, if through our pain, our sickness, the bitter circumstances of our life, if we would just listen to God, if we would just seek Him and listen to what He's saying and realize that He's saying it to us. He's calling us to this miraculous joy that we have in Him. Oh, if we would just focus on the One who has promised to meet every need that we have. His promises are true. It's our issue if we feel distant from Him. Not His. Sometimes we think our circumstances put God to the test. We ask for His help and then we wait and like we're testing God. That's not the case. Our circumstances are putting us to the test. Will we rely on Him? Will we run to some other source for joy in our life? Oh, if we would focus on Him who has promised to meet our every need. If we would only trust and obey Him. If we would focus on the tree and apply the knowledge we have through the enlightenment of the Holy Spirit of what happened on the cross of Calvary. It's sad, but it's so joyous. You know that He did what He did on the cross of Calvary for the joy that was set before Him. The Bible teaches us just that. Even Isaiah, over where we were, says it pleased the Father to bruise Him. Well, He must really love us. What joy we should have in our hearts if He has such joy in redeeming us from this sinful life to an eternal, sinless, holy life with Him. What joy we should have in our hearts. Even through these illnesses, these sicknesses, these injuries and pain. Oh, if we would just trust in Him and obey Him. He said, I will put none of these diseases upon thee which I have brought upon the Egyptians. For I am the Lord that healeth thee. He is Jehovah Rophi. 
the Lord who heals. Won't you trust in Him today? Won't you realize that there's no other name anywhere, anytime by which we must be saved but the name of Jesus Christ. Emmanuel, God with us, the anointed one of God, the only qualified sacrifice for those whom Jesus Christ purchased on the cross. We talked last week about how we were already His because God had already given us to Him before the council halls of eternity, before the beginning of the world. Oh, won't you rely on the Lord who heals? He is the only source of life. What a Savior.